Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 126 of Parenting in Real Life. Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. We had five kids in seven years. People think we're crazy, and sometimes we think they might be right. But most of the time, we love it. We hope this is a place where you can learn to be a better parent, but without taking yourself too seriously. Whether you're a new parent or have a few years under your belt, we hope you can find something new to think about. Or laugh about. After all, this is Parenting in Real Life. Today we have another episode from our summer series, and today we are learning about money. We are. And before we get to that, we will share our parenting in real life moment with you. So a fun tradition that we have started for the last few years is that we have a welcome to summer party. So Friday was our last day of school. I put a poster on the door that said, welcome to summer. And because I procrastinated a little bit, I actually put it up like after the kids got home. (laughs) That's parenting in real life. That's the real piece of this. So it's really cute. It was on our door and we just did like, yay, we're excited you're here. And we actually saved our party for Saturday because we wanted cousins to be able to come. And so we had our family come join us on Saturday and we did water balloons and sprinklers and ice cream sundaes and pizza and just made a big deal about the beginning of summer. And so this is something that our kids look forward to. Even my sister's kids, she said that they kept asking like, when are we going to get to do it? They were super excited and they got out of school a week before us. So she's like, oh, they still have school, but next week we're going to do it. So it's become a fun tradition. It's just a fun way to get things going for the summer and make it more fun. So we did probably a hundred water balloons, which nowadays doesn't sound that impressive. But if you told that to younger me, <laughs> I would have been floored because that would have meant a hundred water balloons that I tied by hand. We were talking about that. You're like, remember when you had to like put it over the faucet and then like tie it with your fingers? 50% of them popped on the faucet. <laughs> Water balloons were a labor of love before, and now it's just like so simple. Oh my goodness! Yeah, just put, you know. Even put though they the don't hose. work that great, like half the time they don't pop and whatever. I'm like, I don't care. No, I didn't tie it. Yeah, so still worth it. A lot of times, our kids will just like pop it in their hands or just like squeeze yeah, it on they, someone. Yeah, it kind of squirts on people. Because when so. you throw it at them, it doesn't. They don't explode like they used to. But yeah, this is fine. not a so. podcast about water balloons. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, it's about kids. So. <laughs> and speaking of summer, I have a really fun opportunity for you and your kids to check out that I want to share with you. My friend Lisa at Mama Lisa's Kitchen is doing a kids and teens summer baking series. And now this is going to be 10 virtual classes and they started on Monday, but they are recorded. So you can either watch live on Mondays or you can watch the recording anytime that you are available, but your kids are going to learn how to make 10 different fun recipes. Some of these include soft pretzels, Reese's, faux cheesecake, banana bread. And one of the best things about it is that it's going to take a little to no help from you. So if you're looking to have your kids learn some things this summer, or if your kids are into baking, then this is the perfect series for you. And it's only $97, but with my promo code real life, you get $10 off. So $87 for 10 weeks of classes. That is pretty awesome. So make sure you check out the link in the show notes to get to Mama Lisa's Kitchen's website and then use the code real life to get that $10 off and have your kids learn something really fun this summer. So today we have Rachel Murphy. She has a podcast called Raising Confident Teens and a new book called I'm Not Your ATM. And so we have a snippet from her that she's sharing some high-level tips of how you can teach your kids to be good at money. I thought they were really good. We hope you enjoy them, and we'll be back at the end. 
Hey guys, my name is Rachel Murphy. I am the author of I Am Not Your ATM, a practical plan for teaching your teen to manage money and the podcast host of the Raising Confident Teens podcast. And I just wanted to give you a couple quick tips on how to teach your kids about money. You know, we talk a lot with parents of teens and the number one thing that they tell us they wish someone had taught them when they were younger was how to handle money. And that is such a foundational skill that so many of us were not taught. And it is so easily taught when kids are younger. And so I just want to help you guys out and give you a couple quick tips on how to teach them about money. With your kids, start out from the beginning with the expectation that they are going to save and give part of their income. You know, we do 10% of each in our family. But if it's normal from the beginning for them to start saving, then as they get older, it's not going to be a disappointment to them when all of a sudden you say, hey, you need to start saving some of your income. If it's just just make it an expected thing from the very beginning. And, you know, when they're little, you can make the savings goal go towards whatever thing that you know, you need it to be something that is going to take them a little bit to save up for. So they have something to work toward and they can see the results of their savings. And then when they get to be about middle school, high school, maybe you can switch that savings to go toward the goal of their first car. And if they can live on 80% of their income, they are going to be ahead of most everybody in the United States. You know, the statistics show that most people don't start saving until they're in their 30s. So think about the years and years of compound interest that people lose out on because they just don't have that practice started soon enough. Uh, another tip, don't pay them extreme amounts of money to do chores around the house. In our house, I want self-employment or a job to be easier on my kids than working for mom and dad. If you pay your kid 20 bucks to do a job that takes them 30 minutes, that's $40 an hour. You're paying them the equivalent of $80,000 a year. And you probably wouldn't pay a stranger to come in and do that chore for you for that amount, right? So try to make it more reasonable and along the lines of what they might make at a real job. And don't pay them for every job that they do. Some jobs we just do because we're part of the family and you don't want to get into the habit of paying them and then they're not gonna to wanna to do anything unless they get paid, right? Teach them the importance of giving. Most of us are so, so fortunate. We don't have to worry about where our next meal is coming from or where we're gonna sleep. And many times kids can get stuck into the comparison trap of I don't have all the stuff that my friend has. And even as adults, we can find ourselves trapped there. And it's an easy road to go down, but it's a very dangerous one because someone is always gonna have more stuff than you do, better stuff than you do. And one way that you can combat this thinking is to take them with you, sign up together, go work at a soup kitchen or hand out food to the homeless. Or if you can take them to a third world country and let them really see how a lot of the rest of the world lives that can be transformational because actually experiencing these things is more impactful than reading a book or having mom and dad lecture you about how people in, you know, Africa don't have enough to eat. 
actually seeing that firsthand will make them realize, well, maybe I do have it pretty good. And for us, we let our kids decide where they're going to give their giving money. Your mileage may vary. Some people only want kids to give to their church. But especially when they're little, we let them decide, you know, if they have a friend whose family's gone through a job loss, well, maybe let's, you know, buy some groceries or do something to help them. Or maybe we have a friend who's going through medical needs and they're having to travel back and forth. Well, maybe we can use your money to buy them a gas card or some gift cards to fast food that they can get along the way. That way they can see their giving, actually what it does and how it impacts directly. And, you know, we don't have a whole lot of rules about it as long as they're giving it to something that truly helps someone else. And my last tip would be let them start little businesses and make money. There are so many businesses kids can do these days. Don't be too overbearing on this. If they decide they want to do something, don't let them feel like they're trapped within, you know, they've got to do it for years and years. Let them do it for a season. I'm not saying let them change every week, but let them do it for a season and then maybe stop and do something else. Realize they're trying to figure out what interests them and what they like. And if they feel like it's going to be a long-term commitment, they might not want to move forward with it. One of our kids, when he was 11, he got really interested in small engine repair. And he wanted us to know if we would let him do it. And we're like, well, we know nothing about small engine repair. But if you want to, like, YouTube or read books about how to do it, you know, we fully support that. And so he started getting free lawnmowers or cheap lawnmowers off of Marketplace and learning all about them, taking them apart, changing the carburetors and the spark plugs and flipping them. And he went to the local community college. We got permission for him to sit on in the adult education classes for small engine repair. And um, he learned a lot there. And, you know, it was a good experience for him. He learned, he actually made really good money while he was doing it. And he learned about how to relate to customers, how to run a business, how to price, all kinds of little skills that they learn along the way when they have a business. So maybe you could start a family business, something like raising chickens and selling eggs or selling print-on-demand t-shirts or making jewelry or having a garden and growing vegetables and selling them or cleaning houses or a lawn service. There's a lot of things that older kids could do or you could do as a family project. Let me give you an example of an easy one you could do. I have five kids, so we have money for basic needs, but mom and dad don't do all the extras. So one of my teens wanted to go on a trip for school, you know, the candy bar fundraiser thing that we all love so much. And she she earned her ticket, I think, but she needed extra money for other things. So we're like, fine, you can go, but you got to come up with the money. So she said, can we put a post on your Facebook page saying that I'll make these three different desserts here's how much they cost and we'll just take orders on the post and that's what we did and that's how she funded that trip people love to get behind kids who are doing that kind of stuff so that's an easy way to just have a little pop-up shop and you're not committing long term and they're learning skills and they're they're learning to be responsible and make their own way and they're learning that they can they can make money right so in closing, I just want to say you can teach your kids about money. 
Even if no one taught you, it's a learnable skill. And great money management is only about 20% knowledge and 80% behavior. And you can definitely learn how to do it and also teach your kids how to do it. So thanks so much for hanging with me. And I hope that you got something out of these tips. Welcome back. We hope you liked that. We did. We did. We just wanted to review her three points. And some of these things we're also doing in our family. So we just kind of wanted to... And some of these things we're not doing, to be clear. Oh, for sure. For sure. The first one she talked about was get into a habit of saving. She suggested 10% for giving and then 10% for saving. And to have your kids get used to living on 80% of their income, which I thought was so smart. Because so many... And she's talked about this, like in the U.S., like most people live paycheck to paycheck, Mm -hmm. right? And so if you are used to living on less and that allows you to save your money earlier in your life and then also to be able to give. And we are starting this with our kids. We just got green light cards. You may have heard of green light. So it's a debit card and it's also an app, which is awesome because then our kids can look at how much they have. The app works on tablets and stuff like we just have Amazon Fire tablets and they can see it and mark off their chores on there. And then they automatically get paid every week and we set it all up to do that. And it automatically puts 10% in savings. You can specify how much you want in savings and how much you want in giving. Mm -hmm. And so it's already set up to do all of this and you can connect how much they make based on how many of their, like what percent of their chores they completed, or you can do all or nothing. So they have a lot of great options. Like everything we wanted to do is basically in there. Mm -hmm. So we've really liked Greenlight. We have a link in our show notes. If you use our link, then you get $30 that you can disperse to your kids when you start. So use the link, get you $30 and just see if this works for your kids. I, it has been really good for our kids so Mm -hmm. far. They're very motivated to know like, Oh, I do chores and I get money. Like that connection is good. And so it's been really, really successful. And then they have this card that they can use, and it's a real card. Yeah. So that kind of goes into the next thing that she talked about was not paying extreme amount of money for doing their chores. So with this Greenlight app, we have already told our kids that they get the amount, however old they are, that's their allowance for the week. That's also in Greenlight. It automatically pays them their age. You can change it, but that's the default is it pays them per week what their age is. Yeah, so it's awesome. So our oldest, who's 11, so she gets $11 a week and then it divides that, you know, I'm like, okay, but it takes a percentage out for donations and savings and stuff. And so that's what we give our kids. They know that and their chores, they get more chores as they get older because we definitely have had like, well, why doesn't Lucy have to do as much as me? I'm like, well, Lucy's four and she gets paid less, you know, like if you are older, you have more responsibilities and you get paid more. And so that has kind of helped with that. I thought her point about not paying them so much that it makes more sense to work for mom and dad is really smart. Mm-hmm. And we like started doing the math. We're like, oh man, maybe we need to give them more chores because <laughs> they, you know, like they can get their chores done pretty quick mm-hmm. and that's fine. Right. If they work hard and get it done, I want to allow them to do that. But I thought that was a good, a good point of make sure that they want to work outside the home. Mm-hmm. You don't want to become the bank or the employer. And we don't pay our kids to do all the chores around the house. For sure. There's lots of stuff we do because we put a roof over your head. Right. Like dinner stuff. Like we have people set the table and stuff and clean up and everything. And that's just a part of being in our family. And that's part of dinner time, you know? And so those things we don't pay for. And I think that's important too, to have things that like, as a member of this family, you have to help around the house because we can't do everything for you. Yep. We've also warned them that, as they start making more money, they're going to start paying for more stuff. Mm. And so they're going to help with their cell phone and they're going to help with gas and they're going to help with some of these things. So that it's not just like all at once you go to college and 
I have 150 bucks of expenses that I didn't know mom and dad were paying. Right. Even their clothes. We want to pay for some of their clothes, but they're going to want more clothes than we want to buy. And we're giving them money. And so part of that money is for useful stuff too, not just to go to the gas station, which it is right now. (laughs) Which is what they usually do. (laughs) And then the third thing that she talked about was just help them find ways to earn money. And I know she talked more about teenagers, but there are so many things that younger kids can do too. And she did mention a lot of those things in her video. So you can go back and listen to those things if you need more ideas. Something that our kids are doing this summer is our city has a children's market. And so all the kids, I mean, I already registered them. As you register, it's really inexpensive. You just set up your spot and sell whatever you're selling, you know? And I think our girls are going to sell some jewelry and Chloe wants to make cupcakes and stuff. So really simple things for a 10 and 11 year old to be able to do. And this looks like this children's market is like, at least it's all over Utah. They might be in other places too. And usually they're connected with like farmer's markets or if your city has like some sort of event for the summer. So just look in your community, see what's available. Then there's always Facebook marketplace. Like I'm sure most cities have like a Facebook page and you can just post on it and say, hey, my kids are selling this. Would you like to support them? And like she said, I do feel like, especially if you have a reason, like I'm raising money for this, people are really responsive to that. And they want to help the kids, right? They like they're working hard and earning it rather than parents just giving it to them. I totally agree. Yeah, I think. And I like that we've tried things like let's make a bunch of bread or lemonade or whatever, but then you have to wait for people to come Mm -hmm. and hope that they come. And then like, you know, you don't sell everything they make. Mm -hmm. I love this idea of like, I can make cookies, cakes, or brownies, and this is how much they cost. And then you order them and I'll bring them to you, you know, within whatever number of days. I, I think that is a better idea than some of the stuff we've tried in the past. Yeah. Taking orders for things rather than right. just saying, this is what I have. We're Come selling get this it. today right now. And if you don't want it or don't need it right now, then it doesn't work. Right. I do think that's better for more like baked goods and stuff like that. Things that go bad. Other things that you can, you can make sure. in advance and just kind of hold on to it Could work. until yeah. you sell it or whatever. But yeah, there's so many things that kids can do. Like they can babysit dogs, you know, like they can, or walk dogs or whatever they can. I think our kids are a little small to like mow lawns and stuff like that, but that's a good older kid job to do. Like, I think it might be a little bit harder for the younger kids, like our five and eight year old to be able to make money, but I think you could help them. Like you could say, if you help me make these cupcakes or if you help me make this bread and you can do it together. So I think if you're interested in having them earn money, have them decorate them or something. Yeah. Just have them participate in what they're helping you with and rather than being able to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. gets easier when they can make something more legitimate that people are actually yeah. interested in, but. Or do a service that they can, can actually start, do. Start priming that pump by having them help you make stuff that you sell. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully you enjoyed these tips for helping your kids handle money better. I know that was a hard thing for me when I became an adult was learning how to do money, you know? And like she said, I think a lot of people really don't learn that as kids. And so if you're helping at least, at least get your kids started, you know, and you don't need to be an expert at this, but just get them started on learning to save, learning how to manage their money. They'll be so much more successful when they're adults. Yep. And again, if you want to find out more from Rachel, you can go to rachelmurphycoaching.com slash real life. That'll take you to a landing page with all of our main stuff. And it's just for our parenting in real life listeners. So go there and support Rachel in what she's doing and get some good tips. And we'll see you next time. Okay, bye.
Thanks everyone for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Parenting IRL Podcast or find us on our website at parentinginreallife.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure to tell a friend. That's the best way for people to find out about our podcast. And if you haven't already, give us a rating. And a special thanks to our five kids for being kids. I don't know. What are some... That's what I did. I worked on a farm when I was 12 and mowed lawns at like 14. Yeah. What are some things younger kids can do to earn money? Drugs. (laughs) Just kidding. I think you have to be 18. Oh, cut that part out. Um, drugs. <laughs>